What's happening, everybody? On today's show, we got some big games in the SEC this weekend. Can LSU beat Mississippi State? Can Auburn beat Penn State? Can AM rebound and beat Miami? We'll ask Lindy Sports Lynn Scarborough those questions. And could Texas and Oklahoma be coming to the SEC next year? I'll tell you why I think they are. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked on SEC. It's great to have you guys along. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Remember, Locked on SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. Let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the Around the conference. And we start with news that the SEC has told Georgia and Tennessee to not play Oklahoma and previously scheduled home-and-home series. Georgia had the Sooners scheduled next year and in 2031, while the Vols game in Norman uh, for 2020 was canceled amid the pandemic, and the other Tennessee-Oklahoma game was slated for in Knoxville two years from now, 2024. That left the return games in each of the series to take place after OU and Texas are scheduled to join the SEC in 2025. Now, look, here's the deal. Uh, Second non-conference game in each of the Utah, Georgia, and Oklahoma-Tennessee series is scheduled to take place after Oklahoma joins the SEC in 2025. The conference is directing the postponement of the Georgia-Oklahoma game next year and the Oklahoma-Tennessee game in 2024. They're trying to say, look, you know, we're not going to be able to return the home-and-home, so let's just scrap this series altogether. These guys are coming very soon. But a lot of people believe, and I think I'm in this group, that this might be a sign at the SEC is clearing the path for a potential move of Texas and, uh, and uh, Oklahoma to the SEC next year. Keep in mind, the Big 12 has already announced next summer they're adding their four new teams. That's already happening. And so uh, with all these moves taking place, you know it's going to be awkward when Cincinnati and Houston and BYU and UCF are all in the Big 12 and they're going to be looking over going, hey, can we get Texas and Oklahoma out of here, please? We would like to uh, a better chance at winning the Big 12. Can we get those big dogs out? Uh, Greg Sankey has said in the past that the league will have an orderly transition, and they are still focused on 2025. I even asked him at SEC Media Days, you know, what would it take? If it was a buyout, would you guys help pay for it? He said, no, no, no. SEC is going to have nothing to do with whatever contract Texas and Oklahoma agreed to with the Big 12. They're on their own to buy that out, uh, whatever. But with the news that the SEC has told Georgia not to play Oklahoma next year. Georgia's already found a replacement. They will play Ball State September 9th next year. Ball State has uh, faced SEC teams from uh, or teams from the SEC 11 times in program history, including just a couple weeks ago. They opened their season at Tennessee. Uh, Georgia and Ball State have never played, so that one is already set. Over Tennessee, their athletic director, Danny White, released a statement. He said, while we're disappointed we won't be hosting Oklahoma in 2024, we're extremely excited about the marquee games that Oklahoma and Texas will bring into Neyland Stadium in the future. As fellow members of the SEC, we're actively exploring the best replacement opponents for 2024. Fun fact, I was just looking at some of the future SEC schedules. LSU 
remember they played UCLA last year in uh, Los Angeles? They are going to host UCLA in 2024, but that's also the same year they scheduled the season opener with USC in Las Vegas. So if everything starts to move around like we think is going to happen by 2024, and LSU could possibly be getting adding Texas and Oklahoma to their schedule, they also will have to play a home game against UCLA and a neutral site game against USC. And oh, by the way, it's looking like we're going to expand to a nine-game SEC conference. So LSU may want to start pulling some strings and move some of those games around because that is going to be a brutal schedule for them. Uh, Brian Kelly in 2024. In other SEC news, as we get you set for week three over at Alabama, Nick Saban updating wide receiver Tyler Harrell's foot injury, uh, talking about the SEC uh, teleconference on Wednesday. He said he has not been able to practice this week. He will not play in the ULM ULM game this week. He's kind of day-to-day with this foot. Hopefully, he'll be back sometime very soon. Uh, Harrell has not recorded any stats this season. A report from Matt Zenitz of On3 suggested he could return for the Arkansas game on October 1st. Uh, Tyler Harrell was expected to be a p- big part of this Alabama receiving court this year when he transferred in from Louisville. And uh, look, they lost Jamison Williams. They lost John Mechie. They're looking for who's going to be that guy to step up and uh, pick up the production. So far, they've been okay, but could Tyler Harrell be that big missing piece? We will see. Uh, One area that Nick Saban said he wants to see more production from is his defensive line. He said, I think it's important, especially in this day and age in football, more passing that we've had in the past. Plays are longer for them. Big guys, when they get tired, they're done. So we got to rotate some players in. It's very critical. So uh, we'll see Alabama take on ULM Saturday afternoon on the SEC Network. Alabama about a seven-touchdown favorite in that one. Meanwhile, over at Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher and company trying to bounce back from that loss to Appalachian State at home over the weekend. They got a big dog, Miami, coming into College Station on Saturday. And uh, Jimbo Fisher said he's not going to overreact. He said, look, you coach a long time. This happens to you. You go back to the defeat you had. I remember when I was at LSU, we lost to UAB. It's happened in different places and different scenarios over the years. It's part of the business. The big thing is you can't let one loss become two. So... Will they? Uh, will that happen this week against Miami? We'll see. But uh, Fisher declined to comment anything on specifically with his quarterbacks, meaning LSU transfer Max Johnson. Could we see him at all? Fisher said, look, we're repping our guys. I'm not going to elaborate on what guys are repping with what groups, but we are looking at everything. A&M is around a five-and-a-half-point home favorite, according to Bet Online. So uh be a late night when 8 p.m. Central, Saturday night on ESPN and College Station. We're all over at Auburn. Brian Harson. they are off to a 2-0 start, but they get their first true test of the season with number 22 Penn State coming into Jordan-Hare Stadium this weekend. Big, big game for Auburn, and they're doing a lot to try to create a big-time atmosphere. They have uh, requested an orange out from the crowd. They're going to be wearing some special helmets. I think I heard maybe even like an orange face mask. Uh, and there are rumors that... Auburn wants to break out orange jerseys in this one. Uh, Brian Harson was asked about the idea. He said, look, I like the idea. I've seen the orange jerseys from the past. It's something Auburn's done, so it's not too far-fetched. It's something people would be excited about, especially the younger fans. You're asking a guy who came from a program of probably 25 different uniform combinations, but I like the tradition at Auburn. I really do. Auburn, uh, Harson also asked about Penn State quarterback Sean Clifford, who's thrown for about 500 yards and five touchdowns this season. He said, look, Clifford's really good. I thought he was last year when we played him. This is another year, and you could see the maturity. I'm not sure we've seen every single thing that Penn State is capable of doing. 
He's a good player. He can make good decisions. He's continued to impress me. So that'll be our 2.30 Central game on Saturday on CBS, Auburn, and Penn State. We'll talk to Lynn Scarborough about that game in just a little bit. Meanwhile, over at uh, Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin, still a little bit quiet on his quarterbacks. Luke Altmyer did suffer an upper body injury this past week. Uh, Kiffin talking about the quarterbacks. He said, look, they're both still young, second year of college. We're hoping we can improve this week. He did know Jackson Dart is still competing. He said, I think he's fine, uh, or Altmyer's fine. He understands the competition. It's wide open. I see both guys playing this week at Georgia Tech. He did praise his running backs as well with uh, Quinshawn Judkins, Zach Evans, Ulysses Bentley. They've combined for over 400 yards on the ground. And uh, Lane Kiffin says uh, they're all doing the things that they need to be doing. Meanwhile, Mike Leach over at Mississippi State, he's heading over to Death Valley to play LSU on Saturday night. And State is 2-0 with Will Rogers at quarterback. And Mike Leach said one of the keys to this game is going to be defending quarterback Jaden Daniels. He said the biggest thing he's got or he's good with is his feet. He can help himself with his feet. You don't want him to get loose on you. Uh, talking about the environment of Death Valley, Leach said they all have their unique environments and traditions like that. Obviously, Tiger Stadium is one of the most unique and best. We're definitely looking forward to playing there. Uh, Mike Leach won in Death Valley just two years ago. Remember to start 2020, LSU coming off the undefeated Joe Burrow season. And uh, K.J. Costello and Mike Leach in Mississippi State took it to LSU on their home turf. So can Mike Leach improve the 2-0 uh, at LSU? They are two-and-a-half-point road favorites right now. It's going to be a 5 p.m. Central game on uh, ESPN. Meanwhile, over at Georgia, Kirby Smart and his team getting ready uh, to uh, play South Carolina this weekend. Some questions on if we will see Eric Gilbert, the former five-star a recruit who's played tight end and uh, really could add to Georgia's firepower. Kirby Smart saying, look, uh, as far as Eric goes, it's really based on his performance. It's not really based on the other guys. It's all based on how he practices and how he carries himself over to game day. Georgia did jump up to number one in the AP poll, uh, heading to South Carolina for their SEC opener uh, during the Teleconference on Wednesday, Kirby said that sophomore wide receiver A.D. Mitchell and freshman DB Nylon Green are both doubtful for this game. He said Nylon has not been able to practice and A.D. has been getting treatment, so don't expect those guys out there. Smart did go on to compliment Spencer Radler, the quarterback for the Gamecocks, saying he's an extremely good athlete with an arm that can throw at 75, 80 yards. He's played a lot of football. And uh, finally, talking about the challenge of playing in Williams-Brice Stadium, Hart, uh, Smart said, one of the most impressive stadiums because it seems very vertical. Fans get into it. Sandstorm starts playing. So it's going to be an early one, 11 a.m. Central, noon Eastern kickoff on Saturday morning. Georgia ran a 24-point favorite, according to Bet Online. Over in Kentucky, Mark Stoops and his team coming off that big win down in the swamp over the Florida Gators. And Mark Stoops talking on the teleconference saying his defense really stood out. He said it was a great effort. I was pleased with their preparation, the way they played all week in practice. Uh, Jordan Wright, he said getting him back, he was our big energy guy, and those guys did an outstanding job. Uh, Kentucky going to host Youngstown State this weekend, and uh, Mark Stoops talking about members of his family coming to the game. He said, uh, family's coming, plan all along was to come in this week against Youngstown State. Of course, they're from that area of Ohio. He said, we'll be able to spend time with, with my mom, Bob Stoops, everybody that's coming. Over at Missouri, Eli Drinkwitz looking to uh, get back in the win column this week after a disappointing loss at Kansas State. Eli said, 
Uh, the conversation we've had this week as a team, it's all about how we respond. We can't control the event that happened Saturday. All we can control is our response to it. It's our turn to channel the energy into our response. Uh, his quarterback, Brady Cook, said we're not hitting the panic button just yet. He said we can't overreact to this. There's a lot of teams in college football going through this. We made we made mistakes all at fall camp. And uh, he said we're trying to fix uh, – or rather, we didn't make mistakes throughout fall camp, and we're making them now. we got to fix – those vertical shots and take those deep shots and figure it out and get them going on Saturday. Uh, Brady Cook completed 15 of his 27 passes for 120 yards and two picks against Kansas State. We mentioned uh, South Carolina getting ready for Georgia, and Shane Beamer was talking about uh, uh, being an assistant at South Carolina in 2010 when the Gamecocks upset top-ranked Alabama that year. He said, yeah, I was here on the staff. That was certainly a fantastic day in a special environment. Uh, but looking at this Georgia team, still trying to find a weakness and having a tough time. So, again, uh, South Carolina going to be up against it. Offensive coordinator Marcus Satterfield talking this week, and he said, we're going to do whatever it takes to move the ball and score touchdowns on Georgia. Uh, like we did in the bowl game, we're going to have to be creative, find ways to win games. We understand we have to run the football more consistently. And he said, I was raising a stink about, about it in our staff meeting, but we got to be better on third down. We can't go three for ten on third downs not with the quarterback, receivers, and tight ends that we have. Over at Florida, Billy Napier and company, they're trying to bounce back from their loss to Kentucky. Napier saying, look, week one to week two, I thought we did have some improvement, uh, better precision, how we played defense as a whole. Uh, But overall, he said, uh, still got to fix some things on the offense. He said, we were not very good on conversion downs last week after being lights out in week one. And Napier did reveal Wednesday that starting linebacker Ventrell Miller And starting right tackle Michael Tarquin will both miss this UCF game. Backup quarterback Jack Miller is recovering from preseason thumb surgery. Still not going to be ready for this. He's considered week-to-week. Redshirt freshman Scooby Williams is going to step in at linebacker uh, in replacement uh, for for the Gators, while redshirt freshman Austin Barber will play right tackle according to their Week 3 depth chart. Over at Tennessee, Neyland Stadium, they announced uh, there are 101,915 fans it's a sellout for when the Gators come to town next week. Uh, probably going to be two top 25 teams. Florida needs to take care of business, gets UCF. Tennessee needs to beat Akron, but that'll be a 3.30 Eastern game next Saturday. And again, the Vols announcing it's officially a sellout. Going to be a heck of a game. Even, look, Florida didn't look great against Kentucky. They could certainly bounce back and look much better against the Vols next week. Thank you guys again for making Locked On SEC, your first listen every day. Coming up next, our conversation with Lynn Scarborough of Lindy Sports. We're going to talk some SEC stuff with him. We gave you some of the lines already. Remind you about our friends at Bet Online. They are still your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports information throughout the season. You can find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including uh, the game lines for this weekend. Head on over, just search Bet Online, and you will find them. And they got the games going for you this weekend. I mentioned uh, earlier in the week, didn't do so good with my picks last week. Well, look, you know, a few people could have pulled off some upsets. We would have been uh, doing all right. But uh, if you want to go check out the lines, again, Online has got them for you. And on Friday's show, we're going to be making some picks, and we'll give you those most up-to-date Online odds. You can find them on, on their website. Go check them out on your mobile device, and you can find all the trends and action going on there for you. It is Online. And it is where the game starts. 
One of our favorite segments every week of the show is catching up with our buddy Lynn Scarborough of Lindy Sports. And he joins us right now, as he does every Thursday. So let's just jump right into it. Uh, Lynn Scarborough of Lindy Sports joining us. Now, Lynn, on Saturday, uh, the team that won the game in Alabama, so many of their fans were complaining about how their team looked in a win, while the Texas Longhorn fans, they were just happy and pleased with how their team looked in a loss. I don't think I've ever seen that before, but what were your takeaways from that uh, Texas-Alabama game? Well, uh, I was surprised. I mean, I, you know, I, on, on y'all's show, I, I picked that Alabama would win the game by a comfortable margin, and I, and I did think they would. And, uh, you know, and, and, and I, I also talked about the traditions at Texas and how that makes a difference, and I think that probably made a difference there. The uh, I was at church on Sunday with some some Alabama folks that had been out the game, and um, you know and they were complaining about the number of penalties that were called against them. That's the all time record number of penalties that had been called against Alabama since Saban had been there. Uh, had one guy there that's a Texas guy, and he was complaining about the one penalty that wasn't called, <laughs> that blatant face mask at the four yard line, because if they if they call that high in the world. Could they call those other 16 penalties that, that you had to have a telescope, your microscope, or somehow to figure out? And then you missed the uh, Texas guy's head being torn off, and um, that would have given, uh, that would have given uh, them the ball on the, like, I think, the two-yard line. And I, I doubt Alabama would have ever even gotten the ball back. Uh, so you, you could say that, that that was the key play of the game, but you really can't. I mean, when you've got so many plays in a game that goes back and forth like that. And um, I was surprised. That uh, that Texas gave them that good a game, and um, you know, and really surprised that Alabama was uh, not very disciplined. The thing with Alabama too, Lynn, is I mean, it, just looking at this team, how they play in a tough, hostile environment, they still have to go to Arkansas, to Tennessee, to LSU, and to Ole Miss. I mean, it looks like if they keep playing like this, they're going to slip up and lose one of those games. Yeah, they could they could easily lose uh, lose a couple of those games. I don't think they will. I think that uh, I think the other. The other teams on the schedule uh, have to be hating what happened because that was Alabama's bad game, probably, and they still figured out a way to win it. But, um, but yeah, I mean, they could. I, I, I did not, you know, I don't, I don't feel like there's a team that's just overly dominating everybody this year anyway. Uh, you know, you looked at uh, Ohio State and Notre Dame, and, and you said, well, Notre Dame gave them a good game, you know, and Ohio State, you know, but, you know, it was Notre Dame. Well, yeah, it was Notre Dame. Uh, that had, uh, 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 you know, Marshall running away from them at the end of the ball game. That wasn't, a, that, you know, that wasn't a fluke that uh, that happened there. I don't remember Chris the uh, the last time that we had a Saturday. I I, I know I saw it in the uh, on the news story. How many? How long it had been since that many double digit favorites lost yeah. the same day? And but it, it wasn't just that it was double digit favorites. It's that it was double digit favorites playing at home against group of five teams. And it's, it's worse than it sounds even with, uh, with Notre Dame and Texas A&M and Nebraska, all three losing at home to, to teams from, um, from the Sun Belt. Uh, yeah. With all of those guys being double-digit favorites, it's just, uh, it's just hard to say. And, and several others that, you know, that could have gone that way. Well, let, let's get into this one, Lynn, because another one that shocked us all. I mean, we, we talked about it. You said App State is a dangerous team, and sure enough, they were. 
uh, as Appalachian State pulls off uh, the upset of Texas A&M. But Texas A&M looks just absolutely uh, atrocious. They've got number 13 Miami coming into College Station on Saturday night, and Miami's looking for their first road win against an SEC team since, I believe, 2004. Uh, people around the program have said, you're going to see a much different Texas A&M team on Saturday night, but man, did they look bad, especially offensively. Well, if you don't see a very different uh, A&M team, it's going to be a long year for A&M uh, because, you know, they still uh, – I'm trying to think, you know, because still got to play Arkansas, they play at Auburn, still got to play Alabama, uh, you know, LSU's at the end of the year. Uh, you know, if they're, if they're sitting there at 1-2 and two, uh, and they're 0-2 in home games uh, at the start of this season, that's not exactly what uh, that $9 million uh, paycheck going to Jimbo – uh, you know, was four. I think if my math is good, um, that that's about seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars a month. And if you divide that by uh, by four, that's uh, over two hundred thousand dollars a week. And uh, you could break that on down into what it is per hour. And I think for probably those three hours uh, at uh, Kyle Field on Saturday, you got some A and M people who probably like to have a refund. And uh, and that's and, and that's the thing, uh, Chris. It's not just that they lost; they got they got wiped out. The uh, I was you know I was in the press box at Auburn covering them playing San Jose State, which was another game that was closer than probably it should have been. And um, and we kept seeing you know information on the scores and how it was going and everything. I didn't realize as the game was ongoing that that uh, uh, Texas San Antonio, uh, I mean the Appalachian was was having uh, the ball forty forty two minutes. You know, the, the week before that, Appalachian gave up 63 points to North Carolina uh, on their home field. And, and, then, and then Texas A&M doesn't have the ball but 18 minutes uh, in the entire game at Kyle Field. I mean, that was, you know, I know it ended up being close on the scoreboard, but that's not a close game. Yeah. No, that's, I mean... a, that's Appalachian going in and just wiping them out. And uh, that's, I don't, that's just hard to figure. All right, we'll get to more with Lynn Scarborough in just a second. Thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. More coming up in just a sec. Continue all here, Locked on SEC, starting to take a look ahead at uh, some of the games this weekend and continuing our conversation with Lynn Scarborough of Lindy Sports. And, uh, Lynn, let's get into a few of the games this weekend. Uh, first up in the SEC, uh, it's going to be LSU playing host to Mississippi State. First SEC game for Brian Kelly, now as head coach at LSU. You're in Death Valley a week after beating up on Southern pretty well. Their quarterback, Jane Daniels, has played very well. But Mississippi State, a very dangerous team. Will Rogers in his third year running the Mike Leach air raid attack. Both these guys lead the conference in completion percentage, and Will Rogers leads the SEC in passing yards and touchdowns. He is so, so good. Yeah, uh, he's an he's a excellent quarterback for running that, uh, that air raid offense, and he's really got it going. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to stick my neck out and pick Texas A&M to, uh, to beat Miami and to pick LSU to beat, uh, to beat Mississippi State, uh, and mainly because they've got to. I mean, if, if LSU loses to Mississippi State and they've, and they've then started out one and, one and two, and, you know, and I, think, I think they still play uh, – I think they play at Florida, they play at Auburn, they play Alabama. Um, 
they of course they, they I think they go to Arkansas. Yep. Um, you know that I mean this is a if if they've already got two losses, uh, three games into the season, I'm not sure LSU wins half its games, and and it's sort of a similar deal with A and M, is that uh, I'm I'm gonna pick A and M because they've got to win. Right. Because they get they get Arkansas next week, and I mean that could be a three game losing streak if they lose all these, you know. Oh, oh no! I think if no if if uh, if they lose Pittsburgh, I mean right now Arkansas is a better team than uh, than A and M, and I know we got a lot of A and M fans in the audience, but you got to call it the way you know the way it looks, and um, and I I think it could well be. I'm, like I said, I'm going to pick LSU and A and M to win those games for no other real reason than just you know they so badly need to. Because right now, the way that those two teams have played, uh, they they should not be the favorite to win those two ball games. And if they don't win them, uh, and both of those teams start one and two, uh, guys, I think it, it could be a long year for both of those guys. Talking with Lynn Scarborough of Lindy Sports. Last one for you, Lynn. Big 230 game. I know you'll be there as number 22 Penn State, 2-0, coming to Auburn. Auburn is 2-0, but they've not looked impressive. Penn State is a three-point road favorite at Jordan-Hare Stadium. Uh, Sean Clifford's looked very good for Penn State at quarterback. Quarterback play, not so good for Auburn. Yeah, no, and, and I'm, I'm going to take Penn State the um, based, based literally on the quarterback play. Uh, Auburn played as bad a game in the first half against San Jose State. You know, and y'all, y'all know I, I cover Auburn for Lindy's and, and hadn't missed a game there in a long time. And um, – and I don't remember the last time I saw an Auburn team play that badly. They had 11 penalties called in the first half. Uh, they, they Eight of them were imposed against them. Uh, three of the plays where there were penalties, uh, Auburn had done so bad in the play that San Jose State said, nah, let's take the play, not the penalty. I mean, that's how bad they were doing. They throw two interceptions, uh, and there was not an Auburn player even close to the ball uh, on those interceptions. Now, the second half, I mean, Auburn came back and controlled the ball game and, you know, and, and clearly was a better team. But – uh, San Diego State, I mean San Jose State's passing game uh, made made their quarterback, who I forget his name now, look like uh, you know Johnny Unitas or somebody. And um, and I'm I'm sure they can't be as good as what Auburn's pass defense made them look. The pass rush uh, was not that strong, um, and the quarterback play was not good. I'm, I'm going to kind of talk out of both sides of my mouth, though, guys, in picking Penn State because I I said LSU and. Uh, and Texas A&M, based on their last two games, should be picked to lose. Well, uh, I didn't pick them to lose. But Auburn, based on its last game against uh, San Jose, it should lose. Uh, and uh, so I'm going I'm to pick them to lose. I'm going to kind of do differently there. But Sean Clifford's been, been played real well. Uh, you know, we'll see. Auburn's got a good team. I mean, they got, you know, they got a very strong defensive line. Their kicking game is probably the best in the SEC. Uh, they've probably got the three best running backs on any team in the SEC. But I, you know, unless until they show me they can play better than what they did last week, I'm going to take Penn State to win that game. He is Lynn Scarborough of Lindy Sports. Lynn, thanks as always for the time, man. Okay, guys. Talk to y'all soon. All right, there you have it. That is Lynn Scarborough of Lindy Sports, and that is going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. Again, thanks for making us your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen. Check out some of our other great podcasts on the Locked on Podcast Network, Locked on Arkansas, Locked on Auburn, Locked on LSU, whatever it is, your team that you uh, want covered. We got you covered with your team every day on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Chris Gordy. Uh, Big Friday show coming up tomorrow. We'll be making our picks for week three. Make sure you're checking them out and subscribe. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow right here on Locked On SEC.